Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Goldberg Show. I got Devin again with me. How you doing, man? How's it going? Doing good. Not bad. In this episode, me and Devin are going to talk about the 2020 election. We're going to first talk about before the election, and then we'll discuss day and night of the election, and then we could talk about what happened after the election. So I guess I'll start things out. Devin, now, before the election day, we saw Donald Trump and Joe Biden campaigning. It seems odd to me that Joe Biden really didn't get out of his house much, or you didn't really hear from the guy at all. Like, mm-hmm. if you were campaigning to be president of the United States, you think that you would go out and, like, try to get people's attention. I mean, you literally didn't see this guy once. Especially if he's going to be proclaimed as the the most socially popular president that America's ever seen, you know? Right. You got to get out and you got to be social. You got to be talking to your supporters and people who are on the fence about voting for you. Um he just stayed in his house under the name of COVID, you know, under mm-hmm. the vice of COVID. And, you know, he's old and he can't get sick from COVID, which I still don't know how he won on that basis. Right. So. And so whenever they had the presidential debates, the first one, I think, wasn't of Chris Wallace being the a moderator. Um, yes. So the first presidential debate, I actually did not like the way that Trump handled himself at all Mm-mm. in that one. I feel like that Donald was just like interrupting. He just, it almost seemed unprofessional. And that's very, I mean, I'm very surprising coming from me saying that I didn't like the way Trump sounded, but he didn't sound good. But one thing in that debate that really kind of stood out to me was they were talking about Antifa and Black Lives Matter because that's whenever all the crazy craziness was going on with all that. And so I remember Joe Biden asked, Trump, he was like, do you denounce white supremacy? And Trump was like, yes. I. He was like, yeah, I do. And Chris Wallace then started saying, he's like, well, say it, sir. Say, tell the Proud Boys to back away or whatever. And Trump said, stand back and stand by or something. Something along those lines. And But nothing that he said would have been good enough. Right. Or the, media, the, the media flipped out as if like Trump's just trying to get an army going and go against Antifa or whatever, but I mean, Trump literally said in the debate, he goes, all I want to see is peace. He made it clear, like, I don't get how these progressives can go after him whenever the man literally said he doesn't like to see this. He wants to see peace between everyone. And then we see in the second debate, I mean, I think Trump totally nailed it in the second debate. Joe Biden literally didn't know what he was saying in the debate. And that's whenever I was trying to tell people. Like, hey, listen to this guy talk. Like, he literally doesn't know. He's just confused when he talks. Never coherent. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in retrospect to the first one, I'd, I'd agree with you on how Trump acted. But I think the mindset of his campaign was is that he needs to assert his dominance and so that people understand that he's not going to put up with the bullshit. He's not going to put up with... Um, you know, these predetermined questions, because a lot of the questions were predetermined mm-hmm. and a lot of them are negative towards Trump, obviously, because he was the incumbent. Right. There are definitely the questions that, especially in the first debate with Chris Wallace, I feel like they're asking Trump questions that were a lot more. This It was just so much different than how they would treat Biden. And if you want to talk about fairness and equality and everything, <laughs> you need to fucking you need to give each candidate the same questions you can't ask one person something extreme and then give a soft question to the next person i mean 
to me, it's just you can't do that. But it happened. Yeah. So another thing that I realized was how much social media was advertising the 2020 election. That was something that I found really, really crazy. And um, it was interesting. Trump actually called this out. He said that he said months before November 3rd, he said this is going to be the most fraudulent election in our history because of mail-in ballots, which we'll get to later. But he literally said this in like, it was June or July. I can't remember which which two of the months. But he said, mark my words, with mail-in ballots, there's going to be fraudulent coming. And I don't think a lot of people really took him seriously during the time. But um, I guess we could down jump to election day. Did, did you go vote in the morning or afternoon? I voted in the evening. I took off work and went to the evening when... Uh... Right before it closed, because that's when the least amount of people go. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I just kind of like to monitor how it's going during the day. Right. I go in the morning with my uh, parents. I should tell you an interesting story. So in 2016, for the presidential election, it was both our first time getting the vote. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. So I put my ballot in the ballot box or the, the machine, and my mom told people in there that I was adopted and then adopted from Russia. It was my first time voting. As soon as I put in my slip in the ballot box, Dude, it was so cool. Everyone in the building stood up and started clapping for me. It was. It oh, really? Me, yeah. It gave me. It just giving me goosebumps right now. Even thinking it about me it. Goosebumps too. But yeah, it was really something special. Whenever in 2016, but yeah, in 2020, I go up to City Hall to vote, and uh, I I went in the morning, and I got there at like, I think it was 7 a.m. I waited in line for an hour, and during the time. Yeah, during, I was actually laid off during the time, so I wasn't working. And so after uh, I voted, I just went home and got on my computer, had the news on, and I was just... Three in, different tabs, seeing what's going on. Yeah, I was just totally dialed in from there on. So let's talk about election night. I mean, we definitely saw the red wave going. It was a clear path that Trump was winning. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, 4 a.m. comes around. And a light switch flickers, and it completely turned upside down. Places that you would never, ever have guessed were going to turn um, blue, ended up turning blue, or liberal, if you don't know what blue means. Um, Pennsylvania, to this day, I still understand how Biden pulled Pennsylvania with, you know, with all the steel workers and just all the, the hardworking blue-collar guys out there. You can't convince me that he won Pennsylvania. You, right. can, you could convince me he won the urban, like, you know, Pittsburgh and uh, – um, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. but that's all you can convince me. You're not going to convince me that he won the little 300 cities or the 300 population cities in the middle of BFE, Pennsylvania. Just like you can't convince me he won Arizona. The um, the moment I knew something was up with this selection and something was wrong was as soon as when Trump said, stop the counting. As soon as he said that, it just something dialed in my head. And I was like, there's something going on that isn't normal. And so we there was whole people that were locked out of the election officials in, mm-hmm. in Michigan. They were locked out of the rooms, you know, and you can't, that, that counting stops. The counting stops when you're locking people out. And, you know, they, they pulled over someone recently that had ballots in their car. Yeah. Ballots that were, you know, that were not ever counted. There's one state I want to bring up. It was Michigan. So at night, it was like 10 o'clock at night. I remember because me and me and Zach Baker were together watching the news and we started celebrating, for real. We were like, oh, my God, he won again. Like, this is looking good. And then 
of Michigan. So at the time, at 10 o'clock, I think Trump was up 100 by 100, over 100,000 votes. And then the next morning, Joe Biden somehow gets 100, somehow. gets over 100,000 votes ahead of Trump. And that's whenever they said, oh, we're, we still have mail-in ballots coming in. And then we fi- find out later that we had dead people voting. We had some people voting more than once. In those whole counties where more people voted than live there. We're talking more people in this county voted than there is children and people combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but there was one where 78,000 more people roughly voted in that county than physically live in that county. That's crazy. And something that I also noticed that with that day was, I mean, we saw Trump was very active on social media. Biden and Harris didn't say a peep. Like, they knew that they were, I, again, people call me a conspiracy theorist for saying the 2020 election was stolen and rigged. People, I mean, there are people out there that actually think it was legitimate and fair. I do not buy that crap whatsoever. This because of everything we saw and this, the, I think the thing that really determined this whole election was the mail-in ballots. The fake mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. Now, how many of the, how, what, I would like to know what percentage of the mail-in ballots were actually supposed to be sent. You know, there's, we don't know how many people voted mail-in ballots. There was people filling out ballots in these offices. Yeah, we saw videos of it. Yeah, video videos don't lie. You can't be like, well, maybe they're just, you know, filling in the finishing, filling out the circle so it can go in the machine. When there's literally people that are pulling out ballots from underneath the desk and throwing them on a table and scribbling them in and then throwing them down the line into the machine, you, that, that makes no sense to me. There should be no argument that those are not fake, invalid ballots. Mm-hmm. And I saw some videos of some sketchy stuff going on in Arizona. There would be like UPS drivers just dumping ballots on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And they were all for Trump. All Trump ballots. None for Biden. And so whenever you have something like that go on, I mean, it just makes you wonder, like, how can you let this happen? Like, Obviously, this was set up. I think it was set up just to get Trump out of office and for the Biden administration to push their hard liberal agendas. But um, yeah, I mean, I I still have people in this day saying, they, I've I've been told in the past they go, you're gonna say in 20 years, 2020 election is right. And damn right, I am. I mean, this absolutely. Is- and more evidence will come out in the next 20 years. Oh, it'll prove that it was rigged. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. They had these audits. I don't even think a lot of people heard about this because this actually, they did an audit. They came out with the audit results right before or right as the stuff in Afghanistan went out. Yep. I don't think a lot of people heard about what they found. They found fraud in Arizona. Magician has to hide the tricks, you know. He has to right. you know, daze the audience to away from other things. But the media didn't bring that up one time that whole week. They didn't bring up the Arizona audit. And they legit, like they legitimately found fraud. They said that seventy thousand ballots were considered fraud, and I think Biden won. He won by not that big of a margin in Arizona. It was like very slim, and it's I guarantee Pennsylvania is going to be doing an audit. I doubt Wisconsin or um, Michigan, but I mean, in the future, I mean, I I think in twenty twenty four. Whoever the poll watcher is going to be, I think they're going to take it a lot more seriously. Because I'm sure you've seen the videos in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. They're putting up boards on the window so people can't yep. look in. I mean, if you're doing that, 
there's something behind those doors that's not going on or something that's going on that shouldn't be going on. I think it needs to be done before the 2024. Now we got the 2022 Senate and you know representative elections coming up and mm-hmm. your local elections. You know, I'm not, those are obviously just as important as the presidential election in my head. Anything that is fraudulent election-wise needs to be fixed. You know, you have the Texas election reform law um, that the Democrats literally were had to be had warrants issued in their name to get them to come back to vote on. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Democrats are that scared of a bill, that it's probably in the best interest of our country right. to get that enacted. Um, but it goes. You know, the voter reform law just kind of stops, you know, it somehow magically it's racist to ask for an ID to vote, oh, yeah. which the mail-in ballots circum, um, circumvented that. And that's what their whole problem is. They want to be able to send out all these mail-in ballots and say, well, they live here. They're on the census, but they're not American citizens mm-hmm. or, you know, they're dead, but they still live here because they're dead here. And that's and that's not exactly what they say, but that's their mindset. Right. The more people they can falsify to vote for their agenda. I mean, obviously, the more likely they are to win. Right. And that's why they don't want this ID law enacted. But something that I've noticed Biden was campaigning really hard on whenever he was running for the election was he kept bringing up COVID. Like, let's get back on track. We'll we'll turn things around. Let's get back to normal society. And now we look at COVID and it's the highest it's been with the new variant. And Biden and Harris were advocating that they're going to change, like, they're going to save America with COVID and everything they advocated on whenever they were running, they haven't done a damn thing. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. been the complete opposite. And I think a lot of people, I actually, I know a lot of people told me that they regret their vote. They said they didn't think that Biden would be this liberal. And honestly, I think after Afghanistan, it really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. We're going to see if he gets impeached. I'm I'm very, very excited to see how the Democrats are going to try to recover from this. Mm-hmm. If they're going to try to uh, to coddle his actions from this, I think it's going to be an interesting couple months, you know, a couple months to a year to see how they plan on bringing back supporters after this. Because I I know a bunch of people that are there have been lifelong Democrats mm-hmm. that are done with this Democrat party. This is the shit that they're going to pull. They're going to. You know, I had an argument on Facebook with someone last night about this. You know, his his father was a decorated Marine. He fought World War II, Vietnam, Korea. And he's like, but you know, Biden's doing a great job. I said, your dad's turning over in his grave. You know, 13 Marines are dead, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see how the next couple months or a year go to see how many people we're going to see that are going to flip. And these Senate races and then representative races are going to be a good indication as to how many people are actually fed up with this liberal liberal agenda when it's really really should just call it sugar-coated democratic socialism but we'll see how many people get tired of that agenda something that blows my mind Devin, is you are required to show an id to get a vaccine but the vote you're not required to show an id that's just that's just mind-blowing to me to buy a gun you have to show an id right or, no sorry yeah to buy a gun you have to show an id to really do anything you have to show an id you know? right but for voting and the democrats say oh it's not required that is just nonsense and they, they keep calling up uh jim crow laws they right. say that, that it, it follows the same lines as jim crow laws when we used to make you know ex-slaves show identification to vote mm-hmm. and made it impossible for them to vote it's not that hard you know well i'm How, sure we're yeah. going no, go ahead. i'm sure you know like in the constitution me and my dad were talking about this in the constitution which i don't agree with 
they said that African Americans, their vote counted for it. They said it's like three fifths of a person vote. Mm-hmm. And so I totally agree that, um, well, I disagree that that was okay. And so during those times back then, the South, since they were slave owners, they wanted their slaves to have a full vote. But then up north, they were pushing that it was only three fifths of a vote. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, everyone has every vote counts as one. And that's the way that it should be. Right. And um, I don't know. It's just the way that this last election went was just so sketchy. And like I said, I wasn't working during the time of November 3rd. And, dude, I was literally up for five days. I maybe slept for two hours a day. I remember I had people reaching out to me. And they're like, dude, take like, get some rest, man. And I was like, dude, I am so stressed out about this. Like, it worries me. Like. How can you not be worried about what's going on? Like, it just blows my mind how some people, like, they just don't care that much. And I'm like, you realize, like, this is our democracy. If you don't have a good, trustful voting system, then how can you really trust what's going to happen with our government and our country? You know, I tell people, if you don't vote, you can't complain. And you can't complain now, especially when everything's inflated, the price of gas is inflated. You know, and everything around you, this you know, the stock market's going down. The housing market is taking a tumble, an absolute tumble. You can't complain if you didn't vote, and you especially can't complain if you voted for Biden. Right. Because you did this to yourself. We didn't do this to you. We told you, forewarned you that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. That the economy was going to take an absolute tumble. We were going to be screwed. We were going to gas was not going to be a dollar sixty. It's 268 if not more right now you know you did this to yourself and by association if you didn't vote you did this to yourself as well because you did it do your best to avoid this and that sounds brutal but that's the god honest truth mm-hmm. um this was a while ago on facebook i made a post i made a post and got a lot of reactions from people from this post i said something about the election being rigged and I had a whole bunch of i'm just gonna call them lefties lefties <laughs> coming at me and one of them, I'm not going to say his name, but someone that was in our high school class, he was coming at me pretty hard. And I said, and he told me he didn't vote. And I said, dude, how can you be saying all these things against me? Like, you honestly don't deserve an opinion if you don't vote. And his rebuttals were, oh, I live in a state that's majority blue. That's great. Like, you still didn't go out and give your own, like, you didn't vote, like. I'm sorry. If you didn't vote, I'm sorry. You don't have an opinion in my eyes. No ground to stand on. Mm-mm. And that was, I mean, I had people even commenting back to them. And after I said it to them, you don't deserve an opinion because you didn't vote. They agreed with me. But he still was so hard-headed in his own world that, oh, because I didn't vote, I still can voice my opinion. I mean, yeah, you can. It's the First Amendment. But I just don't think it's. You just sound stupid at that point. Right. Know? And so. I actually seen a poll the other day. Lowest poll, it's been the lowest that Biden's been at. He's at thirty nine percent approval rating. It's the lowest that a president's been, and I think it was like forty five years. I think I saw the same poll. Yeah, and it, like the last president to be that low was like uh, General Ford or General Gerald Ford is the name. I'm sorry, you know, sometime in the eighties. Yeah, and I mean, I think I honestly think he's going to reach twenty five percent in the polls. I mean, with everything that's has happened within the first eight months. And counting more, I mean, I don't see him going back up. I don't see it rising at all unless something dramatically changes, and I don't know. 
I just think it's going to keep steadily going down and going down. And unfortunately, I I truly don't think Biden is going to last his full term. And then yeah. we'll have that. I call her the hyena. We'll have that hyena come in. <laughs> God. You know, I my dad told me this the other day, or someone told me this the other day, that it literally feels like we're watching a political weekend at Bernie's. Like they're propping him up mm-hmm. and they're moving him and they're getting him to talk, but there's nothing really going on up there. So I wonder at what point they just ditch it and say, all right, we're moving on to the next the next person that's going to destroy the, the fabric of American society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, I feel like they're getting close, you know. Mm-hmm. I do I do feel like the way that the media is kind of shifting on him, that he's, he's short-lived to be in there and not be impeached. Right. Or step down because medical reasons or whatever not. How many votes did Biden get total? Was it was it like eighty million, eighty-one million? I thought it was more than that. Well, they said that it was the most votes any president has ever got. Well, he didn't win the public vote, he only won the electoral college. I know he did it's the same thing that happened in sixteen with Hillary Clinton. Mm. You know, Hillary Clinton yeah. won the popular vote, I believe, but Trump won the, the electoral college by a far, far median. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, again, back in 2016, we saw the left totally, they, they blamed Russia. You remember this? They were saying Russia scandal and all this, uh, Russia hacked our voting. And then 2020, we're saying that there was a fraudulent election. There was something going on in the voting system. And then we have these liberals trying to tell us, hey, shut up and keep your mouth shut. Nothing was wrong. But literally four years ago, they were advocating that the election was fraudulent by way more. I mean, they were full on saying the same things that we are now. The but, thing is, is we have evidence, though, that right. there was fraud this election. They had zero evidence in 2016. Right. And that's what makes them more mad is that we actually have evidence. Because mm-hmm. the only thing that scares liberals more than the truth is evidence to prove that you're right. Right. So I saw a good video the other day. It was of this lady. And she literally says, she goes, she goes, liberal women and arrogant, arrogant gay men are the reason Joe Biden's sitting in this mm-hmm. office right now. And it's because they're, they were so progressive and wanting to get Trump out. And that was all they cared about. They didn't care about what Biden's taxes, tax plan would be. They didn't care about anything he really said. They just wanted Trump out of office because orange man bad. And I said something on my Snapchat the other day about that. And I had a lot of people actually come at me. They're like, how can you say that it's women's fault? I said I didn't say women like specifically. I made it very or I I made it specific. I said liberal women, not all women. I know plenty of women are very Republican and conservative. Very, and I mean, we both know that liberal women are just they they advocate well. I will give it to them. They get their voices heard out there. They do it by screaming and. It's really annoying, but I'll give it to them. They get their voices out there. Well, it's funny how all the, I should say the vast, vast majority of conservative women you meet are, you know, they're, they're hygienic and, you know, they're well upkept. You know, you see the little woman and they got a bull cut and their hair is pink and it's blue and, mm-hmm. and it's, and they should show a philosophical difference in right. the end, you know? And so I guess we could jump to after election. So we see Trump, he's, going crazy on social media saying all everything about the election and then we start seeing the censorship really starting to starting to kick up getting kicked off twitter that's where it all started like twitter he got kicked off twitter something that blew my mind the leader of our nation isn't allowed to have a twitter account 
But yeah, you know how the Taliban has a Twitter account? The leader of the Taliban mm-hmm. has a fucking Twitter account. And they literally post on there. I don't have Twitter because I'm banned. But um, I was listening to Dan Bongino's show the other day, and he was reading some of the tweets that the Taliban tweet. And it's like, literally, they are telling people, oh, we're going to be planning attacks. But Twitter doesn't ban them. But they're going to ban someone for trying to say, oh, this election was fishy. And it just blows my mind. And then we started seeing a Facebook, everything. They just started taking everything. If you were, if you were just conservative, they just tried silencing you. And that's scary. And something I was talking, me and my dad had a really long conversation on Friday and we were talking politics and he brought up a really good point, Devin. Nowadays, we see either right or left. We really don't really see people in between both grounds. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. I mean, there, some people are saying that they could see a civil war coming. Personally, I don't think it's going to get quite to that point. But yes, there is a lot of diversity in our country right now because I think of this election. I mean, I think a lot of people, like me and you, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other people out there. Like, we really don't trust our government one bit. Like, I don't trust the damn thing the media or the government tells us. And it's just, it's going to be interesting. Like like you brought up, the primary's coming up, and it's going to be really, really interesting to see what's going to happen. And so did you hear about this recall in California of Gavin Newsom? Yeah. It's going to get hairy before it gets any better. So I think this recall is going to be fishy as well but the guy running up against him his name is larry um god damn it larry i forget his last name anyways he's an african-american i don't know if you saw this video this week yeah they were throwing stuff at him and somebody in a bear costume was harassing him no it wasn't it was a gorilla costume. a gorilla costume i'm sorry yeah it was a gorilla costume and that's not racist going up to an african-american wearing a gorilla costume and throwing eggs at him first of all you could that's Technically, it could be assault. Yeah, hate hate crime for sure. It could be assault, technically. But yet, you don't see people going crazy. Like, can you imagine if this was a Democrat and a Republican did that? It would be blown so much out of proportion. Yeah, it's covered under the blanket of free speech because you're a liberal and you're worried about your safety, Mm -hmm. that you're allowed to do anything you want and deal with no repercussions. Right. But if you're a tax-paying conservative or Republican, you do that. You're racist, and you need to be in jail. So, Dev, I'm going to ask you a question. Why do you think it is that the media is literally silencing conservatives? It goes back to what I've said, I think, a couple episodes ago or whatnot, is that we have evidence. You know, Mm -hmm. They are censoring not us, but they're censoring the evidence. And we are so persistent with pushing forward with the evidence. How many times have you posted the exact same thing on Facebook or said the same thing? And, like, where the hell is that? And it's because they delete it, and you have to keep reposting it, reposting it, reposting it. But these fake statistics and shit you see that are liberal, mm-hmm. they stay up. They're not censoring us as people. They're censoring the statistics and the evidence because that's what they're scared of. They're not scared right. of us saying it. They're scared of it being out there and other people seeing it. Right. And it's like I, like I said, it is very dangerous when you try to silence one side and try to push a one-sided agenda. I mean – I always try to tell people, I'm like, you got to look at both sides. You said it a couple episodes ago. You said, if you're a liberal, conservative, look at the other side. And that way you can get a better judgment of things. Is that really what, I mean, you said it perfectly that one time. You said, 
if you look at the other side, you understand you can understand where they're coming from and why they advocate for what they do. And then in that case, you could get an understanding from where they come from and then you can rebuttal with what you believe in. I mean, it's just like I said, it's very dangerous the way that this is everything is happening. Silencing one side and pushing one side agenda is very, very scary to me. And I know there's people out there that say that capitalism's evil and awful, but I don't think people really truly understand that most socialist countries turn into dictatorships. I mean, seriously. And I don't know. You know, I'm going to publicly come out and say that if if the rules were reversed right reversed right now, and that it was you know Jack Dorsey of Twitter was a, was a bleeding heart you know conservative, and he was censoring the liberals, I would not be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But the left is okay with us being censored because what we say is hateful. Mm-hmm. It's not the truth. It's not facts. It's just hateful. So I'm going to publicly come out and say, and I'm sure you're probably the same way. If this if the rules were reversed here, I would not be okay with this, and I would be fighting. Or the left in that case to get their voice heard right and it, I, I don't know man it is this a crazy world we're living in now i mean with the way that media is just um progressed in over the years i mean it's just taken off and i mean i think the media kind of runs show even over some government stuff and um i mean we saw facebook i hated it they were talking about the election like i get on facebook to see how family and friends are doing i don't get on facebook to see politics that is although i post about politics because i like to speak my mind but i just like making people mad too <laughs> yeah not good not gonna lie but yeah me and Devin, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll continue on shortly so Devin. With 2024 coming up, do you think Trump's going to run again? He already announced that he was going to. Whether he pulls that back or not mm-hmm. is still, you know, unheard. I don't think he's going to pull it back, but I think if enough pressure comes from his side of the party and the other side of the aisle, that I think he would consider um, not running. Now, I told this to my dad the other day, and again, with me being a huge Trump supporter, I don't think Donald was having a good time at the end of his of his uh, term. I mean, I think that he was just so fed up with the way the media was treating him, so fed up with how just everyone was going against him. And I, I would really like to see DeSantis be the vice president if Trump runs. I think of them two are the candidates for the Republican Party. It's going to scare the hell out of the Democratic Party. I, I absolutely love DeSantis and what he stands for. Um, the, the whole Mike Pence vice president thing was a strategic, in my opinion, was a strategic pick mm-hmm. to really funnel in the fundamental Christians. That's why a lot of people believe he picked Mike Pence because Mike Pence has such a strong Christian background. Mm-hmm. And to fight against Biden for his second term and have DeSantis and Trump, I think would be on paper, it's great. But you, I don't think you're funneling enough people from the other side and from the middle. But like I said, on paper, it would work great. I just think we're going to see another Mike Pence situation. Yeah. Well, so what day was it? It was January 6th, actually. The mm-hmm. day that they um, Mike Pence had a chance to – what was it exactly? He had a he had an opportunity to, like, say something that he wanted to vote. He wanted to, like, recount the votes. And Trump – everyone was saying that, oh, Pence is going to do it. He's going to do it. He never did it. And I think it rubbed 
it made me look at Mike Pence a lot differently. I had lost respect for him. Um, I still agree with some of his values and his ideologies, but I mean, as a as a Republican and thinking that this election wasn't fair, you would think that someone that has the power and authority to at least say that they want to recount, you would think that you would do it. Like it, it doesn't make sense to me why he didn't take that option. We'll never know what exactly went down. If I had to come up with a theory, mm-hmm. I would say that Trump said, listen, we're just going to take this. I mean, it's going to be a long fight. It's going to be this. So let's let people see how bad this could actually be. But at the same time, you know, maybe Pence just didn't want to put forth the effort. And I think that that would honestly I, 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 I don't think Pence wanted a criticism. I don't think Pence is scared of the criticism. You know, he took a lot of it, mm-hmm. you know, because if you remember, and this is a small thing in my head, it was a huge thing to the media. Pence would not have dinner with any female if his wife was not present. Hmm. You know, so he's he's not a stranger to criticism, you know, the because he used to be the governor of Indiana. You know, all the abortion bills that he pushed forward and the gun control. I don't think that he's a stranger to the to the to the criticism. I just don't think that he wanted to hurt the chances for a 24 2024 run or if not affect that his just future political um, career. Yeah. So I'm going to jump back to the Biden administration. So first day they took office, they start writing all these executive orders that basically just overturned Trump's executive and orders. killed tens of thousands of jobs. That's, right. That's the biggest well, thing to me. The biggest thing, in my opinion, is the border crisis. I mean, we have literally thousands. I saw a graph, Devin. 300,000. Dude, it just keeps going up. And I think, honestly, they're doing this. They're opening the border for they're, like all these illegals are coming in. And who are these illegals going to vote for? I mean, it's not going to be hard for them, or it's not hard for me to guess who they're going to vote for. They're going to vote blue. Because they, in their mind, they're like, oh, well, Biden's when is coming to this country. We're going to have him. Because they know if Trump's in office, they're going to get, probably get deported because of ICE. Well, now they're doing the redistricting to give California more electoral votes and give Texas less. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, I mean... We see, and expect that I start. We start seeing this a lot with COVID and the lockdowns. We start seeing people from blue states start moving to red states, and humongous. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk is the biggest I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, but um, whenever Malik used to live in Texas, I went. I'd go down there uh, visit him and talk to some of the locals, and they're like, "Oh, it's terrible that we have all these liberals flooding in our state, pushing their ideologies." Whenever. I mean, Texas is obviously known as a very Republican state. It always has been. But you have people fleeing from these blue states because they don't like these lockdowns. And then they come to the red states and still push the same ideologies. It goes so much more than the lockdowns. It's the taxes. Yes. And in Los Angeles, you can only use so much water per day at this time of seasons. And, you know, people aren't leaving just because of the lockdowns. They're just tired of being told what to do. So now they're going to go to Texas and they're going to go to Arizona and they're going to go to wherever, Colorado, and they're going to push the same agendas and they're pushing these states down. If they're, if, you know, we lose Texas as a red state there, I mean, it just continues down the line of, of more democratic um, presidents. Yep. And so I want to get back to uh, this voting systems in general. Do you remember how it was in Nashville, the AT&T building, the bomb mm-hmm. that went off? It was where the Dominion systems were. Yep. Now, that story was super sketchy because someone obviously called and said, hey, there's a bomb and it's going to go off in this at this time. And it did. 
Uh, something that was weird about the whole thing. Not one person was injured or killed in that in that bombing. It was almost like it was set up for the systems to be destroyed. And yet, we also didn't hear a lot from the media about that instance. After it happened, yeah. I mean, After it came out that there was Dominion Systems and that we didn't hear another word about it. No. I mean, it just, they found a new story and just started pushing that. And it's just, it's crazy, man. And with 2024 coming up, I think we're going to see a lot of fed-up Republicans with how things went this past election. We're going to see poll watchers really probably stand their ground. I mean, the thing that I noticed, like in Georgia, that was really big. The poll watchers, they want to allow Republicans as poll watchers. It was only Democrats. And, like, why is that, you think? Well, it's, it's pretty obvious why. Because, like I've said before numerous times, the general consensus is, as white, heterosexual males and females in this case as well, just anytime you're conservative, you're automatically racist and you have a hateful thought. So to their mind, they're they're doing a different type of reform. They're making sure that this is all fluffy and cushy and safe for everyone to come vote when realism, you know, that's not the way it's gonna turn out. Mm-hmm. You're just you're just becoming prejudice. Right. There was a it was Trump's last speech right before he left the White House, and it really sticks with me to this day. And what he said was, if he says, um, what was it he said? He was basically saying, if if systems telling you you're wrong, you should be more certain that you're right. I mean, if you have everyone telling you you're wrong, and he he, he was also saying he says, relish being an outsider because it's the outsiders that change the world. I mean, and that really stuck with me because whenever he ran, everyone used to love Donald Trump before he ran or before he got into politics. Well, besides the whole grab him by the pussy thing, that was kind of one of those things. Yeah. He was still a sexist, but people still admired him at least a little bit. Well, the thing I think that stood out with Trump was he called out the bullshit that the government was doing. I mean, and now with Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, those people, I mean, he was saying, like, he was calling those people out. He was calling out even, I don't know if our audience knows what rhinos are, but they're soft Republicans. Like, Mitt Romney is a rhino. I, by, by definition. Literally. And I do not like Mitt Romney. I could totally see him switching to the Democratic Party, but he was one of the Republicans that wanted to impeach Trump. And whenever Trump was first in office, he was so for Trump, so for Trump. And then we also see some senators, like, whenever in 2016 during the primaries, like, I remember Rand Paul was running up against Trump and everything. A lot of these senators that are now huge Trump supporters didn't like Trump at first, but then they started seeing him fight for, like, against these corrupt politicians. And I think it just woke up a whole different breed of people. I think people, in my head, more people in the beginning were cynical of Trump. And then now that he's gone i think more people are on his side and even beyond that now that we see what biden's done i think we've added even more people onto the trump train mm-hmm. and that's just my theory i'm sure there's probably statistic evidence out there somewhere that contradicts that but from what i've seen the people that i've talked to and the things that i've read and heard there's a lot more people on the trump train than anyone would guess right just by their mindset by their and so it was whenever donald was in the office it was so funny anytime that Chuck Schumer would open his pathetic mouth. Terrible. Trump would go skyrocketing in the polls. And honestly, the only thing a lot of people noticed, Devin, 
but Trump up until COVID was increasing in the polls every time. Mm-hmm. It was a steady increase. And then COVID came around and that's when he started going down. And I honestly think because of COVID and the way that everything was just going on at the time, that's what made this election sketchy. I mean, everyone was so focused on COVID, 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 that whoever, the Democrats, I'm not going to say Democrats, I'm going to say the left, that the left had the opportunity to really make things sketchy when it came to the 2020 election. They were able to do what they wanted to do without it being recognized. But then it did get recognized, and it's not, I don't think it's talked about that much, like as much as it should be. I don't think, I think people just say, oh, it's over with, and I don't think that's a good attitude to have. I mean, if you truly believe something, I always say, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Absolutely. As long as you have the evidence to back it, you know, mm -hmm. say you're right, say you're wrong. Right. And so I think, I don't know, if Trump doesn't run again, I think with him being president and with him being outspoken, I could definitely see people in the future in the Republican Party have the same agenda that Trump did, make America great again. So who would you like to see besides Trump or DeSantis run in 2024? Who would be your top five you'd like to see? Let's see. I would really like um, Ted Cruz. I love Ted Cruz. Tim Scott. Tim Scott's Scott's a good one. Rand Paul. I mean, I honestly was a little – I was skeptical of Rand Paul a couple years ago. But ever since COVID and the way that he's firing at Fauci, I love the guy. I mean, I think he doesn't want to sweat off the gas, and I I love it. Um, honestly, if I saw Kelly McEnany and Cannon's Owens run together, oh my God, I would totally vote for them. Ben Shapiro as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't. Uh, I don't know if they know who Cannon's Owens is. She's an African-American conservative, and she doesn't put up with anything. I we mean, talked about her in the last episode. Yeah, she's just a complete badass. She's not scared to tell you that you're a moron. I'll tell you that no. much. And um, I don't I, I don't think that she'll try to run until 10, 12 years from now because she's still young. She's I think she's in her 30s. She's she? like 32. She still has time, though, for sure, to wait for her time. But um, some other people I'd like to see is uh, – Heck, who was I thinking of? She is 32. 32. Yeah, she's 89. She still has a lot of time. Though. Three more years, so she's eligible because you have to be 35, correct? Yep. And so I'd love to see those two even run together. I think that would be really good. I, I People always, oh, I, I don't think I've said this publicly, but I wouldn't mind seeing a woman president. I don't want to see Kamala Harris be our first woman president. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because I, 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 dude. Is that worse than Hillary, though? Would you rather have Hillary or would you have Kamala? That's like shooting yourself on the left foot or shooting yourself on the right foot. You know, you got to pick one, but you really don't want either. That That's a very good question, man. And I don't – like, if I had one choice or the other, I'd probably say – Is there an option three? I would hope so. I don't know. I'd probably just say, get me out of this country if one of them are in charge. Um, I, would, I would honestly like to see if, if Trump doesn't actually – follow through with his 2024 run. I'm 100% on the DeSantis train, but like you said, Rand Paul, I think would make a great vice president. I think Ted Cruz would make a great vice president. Um, I mean, that's all in my head. That's all I can really see working out. Mm-hmm. What's the one girl's name? Laura Brockham or you know what I'm talking about? 
She's she just got in the she got elected in the Congress in twenty. Oh yeah, she's awesome. She's in that one from Georgia too. Mm-hmm. Green. Yeah. Oh, Taylor. Yeah, Marjorie. Marjorie. Yep. Uh, she's awesome. I would, that's another woman candidate I'd love to see run. Or Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. You see awesome. the UN ambassador. Yep. She's a, she is a firecracker. Yes. She definitely is. And so, um, I think like I said though, I think that whenever Donald ran and with his energy, I think it's really, we're going to see in the future, we're going to see a lot of Republicans start having that same motto and energy that Trump brought to the table. And Charlie Kirk said this a couple months ago. He said that in the future, the Republican Party is going to be stronger than ever. And I totally agree with him, especially with everything that's leading up to this date. A lot of people are fed up with the Democratic Party. I mean, one of the things that you know, Devin, they advocate for is... Um, like Green New Deal. They want the environment. They, they're all about environment. But they're not awful idea. But then you look at some Democratic cities, San Francisco, L.A. I mean, the home the homeless rate is insane. Like in San Francisco, you literally could walk down the street and there would be a turd on the sidewalk or a homeless person just pissing on the street. I mean, or whole homeless people dead. Right. I mean, look at Portland now. Portland is on oh, fire. Gosh. It is literally on fire. And all these democratic cities, they, oh, another thing they bring up is gun control. Well, gun control is so, so, such a big thing. We have cities like Chicago, New York, um, Portland. Crime rates have gone up in, insanely because, again, these democratic cities defund the police. They're advocating so hard for that. And then the crime rates are shining through the roof, and then they start complaining about that. It's like, what the hell do you people want? It's either... You defund your police, crime rates go up. Or you're going to fund your police like DeSantis has been doing, which I love, and you have a safe community. Talk about someone that's bad, too. Lori Lightfoot of Chicago oh leads the God. top of the list. And don't, don't ever underestimate some stupid stuff that's ever been said by the Democrats. But I promise you, if you were like, did Lori Lightfoot actually say something that dumb? I can all but with great guarantee promise you she did say that dumb thing. Lori Lightfoot, I'm going to say this very clearly in the mic. Lori Whitefoot is a huge racist. Humongous. You know what she said one time, Devin? She literally said on public television, she goes, I will not have any white reporters in my conference rooms. And then didn't even, like, realize what she just said. Like, she just moved forward with it. Yeah. She didn't go, oh, crap, I probably should not have said that. That's the that's the hidden game plan. No, she, like, said it mm-hmm. and then just kept moving like it wasn't said. Yeah. So, Devin, I want to really talk about the primary coming up because people that are involved in politics, I think we should tell them how important primaries really are. So, for people that don't understand what primaries are, you basically vote, you vote people, or in each party, you vote for people you'd like to see. And so, after you vote, those people will send in their votes to Congress. And that's what determines who the Speaker of the House is, uh, Speaker of the Senate. Um, I don't think McConnell's running again. Um, that's going to be a big seat. If mm-hmm. McConnell doesn't end up running again, that's a big seat in Kentucky. And uh, I, I, well, I hope to God Pelosi gets out. I really do. Cause <laughs> she's been in there for 46 years, I believe. I don't think yeah. she's, she's gonna, given that seat up anytime soon. I'm going to say four names. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, and Nancy Pelosi. I think their agenda truly is to turn America into a socialist country. 
They don't care about the average citizen. They don't give a shit about the middle class. They just care about more money in their pocket, and they they just want to change this country completely. I agree with that list for the most part. I'm going to go with AOC as being number one. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to go with Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and people always forget about her because she's been really silent lately, but Maxine Waters. Oh, yeah, Maxine. Dude, so Maxine Waters, I forgot about her. She's been awfully quiet lately. You know, you heard her during the Trump administration. She was always, you know, that racist orange guy up there in the White House. And I can't think of the last thing I heard about her. I don't think I've heard her come out publicly with anything during the Biden administration, not to say that she hasn't. So whenever um, the George Floyd crap all happened. Oh, gosh. And Minneapolis is in flames. I remember Maxine Waters. As a politician, what she said, she said literally, she goes, we need to go out there and Basically, destroy stuff. Inside a riot like they charged Trump with. Yes. She literally was insurrecting violence. And I I wish I had to clip the play, but she's like, we need to go out there and make sure that they know where we're coming from. Go out there and destroy things. And she again, said, make your social justice hurt is what I think she said. Mm-hmm. You know, go out and show that you're that you're angry, that you're tired, that you want change. You know, but let's go burn down gas stations and schools and businesses and stuff because, you know. And the majority of these businesses are destroyed were African-American businesses. Exactly. Same thing <laughs> that happened in Ferguson years ago. Yes. And it's just, again, it goes back to the double standard for me. I mean, they get, a lot of left people say one thing, but then they go completely against it. And it's so, all in the name of social justice. Yep. And so what I always tell people, I said, if you want, if you want to advocate something, the best way to do it is to vote. That, that's just the bottom line. If you want, if you want to see a change, and you want to try to make that change happen, go out and vote. Don't just sit back and not do anything about it. Literally, voting is the best way to push or voice your opinion. In my in my view, voting is a big first step in it, but it's also being actively involved in your community. Sure. And and being knowledgeable of what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. if, if we're going to approach, if you're going to go out and you're going to protest something, don't just go protest because it's a BLM movement or because it's a Biden rally. Mm-hmm. Know what you're actually going out and protesting or in support of. Now, people, you you know, you just see people blindly going out and doing these protests. They couldn't tell you the whole story. They just know that something happened that they made their friends mad and then made their friends mad on the other side. And so I'm going to make these people mad. I'm going to do this. Be knowledgeable before you go out and try to, to do stuff like that. Yes. And so um, another thing that I just want to touch real quick before we wrap things up is whenever all that stuff was going on in Seattle, you remember uh, they created a little town called like Chaz? Mm-hmm. And it lasted like two weeks? Yeah. Literally, there was no police there. I saw a video of an older gentleman. He was walking through that little town, Chaz, and all he had was he was just carrying an American flag walking through the town. There were so many people that were going up harassing this old man. He got spit on. He got drinks thrown on him. All he was doing was just walking up the American flag. And he outraged people for him doing that. And, again, Seattle, another Democratic city, it just seems that a lot of these Democratic cities are just falling apart. My question to you is, and I don't know if you saw this the other day or not, but what is – the, what about the American flag makes people so uneasy and so anxious? Like, at what point, when someone went to school with, and I'm not going to say their name, but I'm sure you saw it on Twitter, said that the American flag gives them anxiety and an uneasy feeling in their stomach, and it kind of scares them. 
that's the exact opposite of what I feel when I look at the American flag. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good question, Devin. And I don't know if I'm going to answer it very like straightforward, but I think some people look at the flag and they think it's right. They, I, I think some people look at our flag race as given our history in the past. I mean, yes. Has our country been picture perfect throughout its years? No, but as a whole, America is truly the strongest country. There's a reason why people want to come to America. And you said it perfectly a couple episodes ago, the American dream. People want to come here because they know they can make something of themselves. Now, for people, the burn our flag, that stuff, oh, man. Does not sit well with me. No. I I don't even really want to talk about that because it gets me so fed up. But um, we saw a whole bunch of that going on. And so about 20 years ago, after 9-11, we saw America be so united. Everyone was with each other. And now it's, I think we're more, in our lifetime, I've never seen our country more divided. And um, something's got to change. I mean, there's got to be something that happens in the future where both sides can look at each other. Again, I said it earlier, you don't see the middle guy anymore. It's either left or right. You don't hear the middle person. Because they get magnetized to one side or the other. Right. Both all both sides do it. They both pull on that middle guy. Mm-hmm. Well, come here, you know, or come to this side. The middle man was one of the best things of American politics. And so even the Facebook, this is what I don't like about the media. Facebook, as you know, Devin, left or right, whatever you um, look at more, Facebook will put other videos that kind of draw you in. It would be one-sided. It would be like, for instance, like for my for my sake, both conservatives, I get on Facebook. I don't really see liberal posts like pop up. Like I like I would actually have to go searching for it. Like those ads that pop up, it's very very right sided, and that's the problem. I mean, the media, the social media is just getting too. They need to stay out of politics. Is what it comes down to. I mean, social media just needs to completely. Stay out of politics and just let people speak be, speak freely. There should not be censorship, and they need to stay away from this voting and politics in general because look where, look where it's got us now. So divided and so much hatred from mm-hmm. both sides to the other side. Yes. And that's not the way that our forefathers would have wanted this. No. And um, there's a reason why we have a constitution, and that constitution – I don't think people realize that piece of paper literally is the reason why we have our rights and freedoms. And there is no loose interpretation of anything in it. Right. It's, it's all very cut and clear. Mm-hmm. And so the Constitution is literally what built this country. But, um, yeah, Devin, is there anything else you want to talk about election-wise? Nope. Well, I think we hit off some really good, um, good points. We're going to be having another guest on next episode. So, uh, Thank you, Devin. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Hope everyone has a good week and go out and vote. You're singing that money maker like a heartbreaker, like your college major was twisting and tearing up Friday nights. Love the way you wear those jeans so tight. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like this program, please be sure to like my Facebook page, The Goldberg Show. My Twitter account, at The Goldberg Show. And please follow and subscribe on Apple and Spotify platforms. If you have any questions or comments over this episode, 
feel free to email me at the Goldberg Show at yahoo.com. Again, the Goldberg Show at yahoo.com. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time.